Hello, Scotty. Can you hear me? Ah, I can hear you. How are you, John of the House Fox? I'm very dandy. How are you on this fine summery day? I imagine it's super sunny, it being England. It is a beautiful day here, John. A beautiful day. The sun is shining, the sky is clear, and the world is a wonderful place to be in. I think you're lying, but um, I will... <laughs> I mean, not that the world is not a wonderful place to be in. I just think that you're lying if you're saying it's sunny. It would be like me saying it's like I've been hanging out, improving my tan here in San Francisco on the, the 2nd of July, 1st of July, whatever. Well, I now have to take, There's uh, no sun to be found. take a picture from my office window to show you it's sunny. Apart from my windows are so dirty, I'm not sure anything would actually come out, so... It's um, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, we have well, we have been abandoned by our window cleaner. What does that say about us as a family? I don't know, but you know who we have not been abandoned by. Who is that, John? Who is that? Your arch nemesis, Gaylord. <laughs> which I think so. So we're in the spirit of 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 embellishing. I think it's time to to read our viewer mail. I mean, viewer tweets. And so in the same way that I can say, yes, it's perfectly sunny here in San Francisco on July 1st. Let me let me read what what Georg had to say. Jembe, can you inform our dear friend Scotty that's that staring at his beautiful coat for three days and knowing exactly what to do is, in fact, the most direct way to ship quality software products for those that have been shipping for a long time. <laughs> that's what he wrote. Yeah, well, that's not. That's not actually what No, he no, wrote, he didn't write that at all. Firstly, he didn't call me Scotty, he called me something else. Come on, let's be it. Jembe, can you inform our dear friend Twatter? <laughs> is that like, is that a twat who is busy twatting? I guess so. A twat in the motion of twatting, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, yes. And um, he, he was definitely of the emoji type. But there we are, it's good. Um, Basically, my my plan worked. He had to be distracted from his code to in, to insult me, which means you know I have successfully just delayed his shipping by at least another minute. Well, that's very good. Mission accomplished. It, it was, but there we but are. In all serious, that's that's yeah. the, that's the folks. If that is the type of thing you have to write if you want to get it read out on this show. <laughs> yeah, you have to use foul language. Yeah. That's not long, true. long and reasoned, nice. intelligent, well argued yes. email on a technical subject will never make it. No, not call at all. me a twat, and you're on. <laughs> That's right. No, there, there, there's the title. <laughs> Call me a twat. <laughs> well, Scotty, um, can we speak about uh, about something semi-serious now? On, in our in our first segment of of the John Tales, we could talk about something semi-serious. Yes. Okay. Well, so uh, you know, you know how you think that you're you're done, you're done, you're done, but then all of a sudden. You know, somebody finds something, it's like, ooh, feces, you're not quite done. Because I was already going to have two things that were, were in the App Store this week, but I had to, to push them both out a week because um, our beloved human QA person, Andrew, found things. Um, and, oh, my gosh, am I super grateful for, for talented human QA people. And I, and, I'm, and I say that because, you know, there's always a big effort to try and automate as, as much as you possibly can. And, and certainly you can. I mean, and we do, I think, a pretty good job of it. Um, because especially when, you know, if, if you need to try the same thing on multiple different devices, there's no substitute for, you know, spending the time writing the, the, the screenshot test to get the app in the right state, and, and then you can just run it on a lab and be on your way. But sometimes um, you have things that are pretty difficult to automate in a lab, and, and that's the case if you're doing something where your software has to, has to interact, first of all, when the thing can only run be run on hardware, so some things, that, you know, that require... Um, apps like third-party apps, which 
you can't get the simulator versions of or, you know, whatever DRM video, it, it must be run on device. So that cuts down on the pool. But secondly, when it concerns, you know, uh, a device that has to be really set up like an end user would have it, it at that point, I think it, it's, I, I honestly don't know how you could do it. I mean, of course, anything is possible, but I just don't see how you would realistically outfit a lab with a bunch of third-party software all installed in a particular way um, just for this one particular type of test. So uh, it was like one of those things where, you know, in, in, in on certain sizes of device, uh, you would see this problem, and it has to do with, with making multi-line text grow appropriately, and that's particularly important if you're doing dynamic type. You know, it's important in general um, when you have to work with long localized strings, but this is a specific thing. It's kind of an interstitial screen when you're in between you know, our app and passing control to another app. In this case, it's Instagram for sharing. Um, and so it's, it's actually pretty tricky. Um, <clears throat> and, and then when you bring dynamic type into the mix and different f sizes, something that may comfortably fit in one line, you know, at, at the default size absolutely won't when you start, you know, increasing the type size. And sometimes on the smallest devices, when you jack it up to the largest sizes, it's, it's, it's it you end up with the text almost taking up half the screen if it's if it's a fairly long message and that was the case here that was something where he was able to say it's like hey on this particular type of device you know it it just doesn't work and i was it was making me so sad um because in all my testing on on a couple of different devices everything worked fine but in the end um uh, <laughs> let this be a life lesson kids that uh, you have to be accurate with your addition and subtraction in order to 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 feed in the proper values and the proper what i'm talking about here is that um there are multiple ways to calculate what the height of a a a line of text would be on iOS. You can do it dropping down to, to NS string methods, or you can take advantage of some of the API that exists in UI label. And one of the things that UI label does is that if you have it set up to be multiple lines, you can set a, 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 a desired maximum width, you know, for, for which it would go before it needs to start growing. Um, and that's fine and well, but if that particular UI label exists uh, in a view that has other items on there, like let's say an image or an animated you know, graphic of some sort and there are margins and whatnot, um, you have to be very careful because if, if you are not accurate about the, the width, that the base width you're talking about, it's, it's going to do the right thing, but it won't be what you're looking for. And in this particular stupid case, it was I was not taking into consideration the fact that I had had to nudge things over whatever 15 pixels fixing screen points in order to 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 make it visually line up with something and i'd forgotten to take that in place it's like one of those things you stare at code and and you know that in itself is was a little tricky thing but it's one of those things where you just stare and you stare and you stare it's like everything's working i don't understand i don't understand i don't understand and somebody says nope nope does not work does not work and at some point you're like, like i hate you but then you find out that uh, what the problem was you get it fixed and all of a sudden you're 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 very happy and that's where I am right now. Testing is hard. Testing is hard. No, no, it did. Yeah. It, testing is hard. We've, um, yeah, well, I'm going to a meeting after this one with a client where we're going to have a run through about a recent problem we had where we put out a release um, and it caused some issues. Um, basically, it came down to there was one settings value that was being given a default value when it didn't already exist. And in under certain circumstances, that caused the problem. Um, it made it look like all the users' data had disappeared, um, which obviously upsets users quite a lot. Now, you know, it 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 didn't do it for everybody, and it, it did it for a, a small subset that were in a very particular situation. 
But when you have a lot of users, a small subset is a lot of users. Yeah. You know, and it's when the thousands of support emails start flooding in. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, uh, causing the support staff to sort of like, you know, have a meltdown. Um, you, you realize you've made the mistake. But, you know, the, the code had been through code review. It had been through QA. It had been through automated unit testing. It had been through um, uh, automated UI testing. And it, just in this instance, it 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 wasn't it wasn't caught, and it's you know it's just uh, all you can do sometimes is is say well you know we've now discovered this particular circumstance is a problem. How do we detect this in the future? And you know there's always going to be something. And the more complex your app, the longer your app goes out there. And again, particularly this is going to be very true in some, you know, something like Net, your case in Netflix or Instagram or those. The more users you have, the more likely you are to have a situation that you've not tested mm-hmm. uh, because you know someone's in a situation and it's just it's just hard. You know, and I remember um, I was listening to a, an episode of Under the Radar um, with Marco Arment and David Smith. Now, obviously, David Smith released Widget Smith back with iOS 14, and you know it was a, suddenly became an incredibly popular app. You know, more popular than anything he's ever known before. Probably not on Netflix scale, but you know, this is a single individual developer. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you know, he he was saying, "Well, I need to do a migration." Um, but I've just realised if you know, if I screw it up for zero point zero one percent of users, you know, that's you know, that that's a million emails I get, type of thing. Um, which is you know, as an individual developer, that's unmanageable. Right. So right. it's um, yeah, we have to be a bit careful. So testing is hard. So thank you for the uh, uh, you. Fortunately, you called it beforehand, so I think actually you're in the great situation of saying, I have to wait a week to ship, which I know is disappointing, but that was yeah. the good out- outcome. That was yeah. the good outcome. As I always say, you always want somebody else to find it, <laughs> somebody who's a friendlier face than an angry email. Yeah, yeah. Just don't let Georg Ge- 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 find them. I know. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There we are. I'm sure he's, he's checking your app in Korean all the time just to see what mistakes you've made. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that was another thing too. Yeah, no, that yeah, <laughs> can't talk about that one. But yes. <laughs> that is the one that will not leave the secret office. <laughs> well, no, I mean, there, there, no, I mean, there, 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 the specific one with Korean. That is something I talked about in a, in a conference some years ago, and I'm still proud of it. That was the talk I gave in Russia. It was it was talking about kind of building you know world friendly apps, and there was an issue where we had to. You know, uh, update the the strings of Korean language strings so we would add a non-visible Unicode join character to prevent words from being split incorrectly. So was that, that was a specific thing for for Korean, but there's something else for something that's not been released. Where you know, it's like, yeah, definitely glad this uh, we found this before anybody had even heard of it. So it's how the sausage gets made. Definitely, and it's the same for everywhere, whether it's a big shop or a little shop. You know. Um, even the slickest app behind the scenes has a few bits of string and rubber bands and the old bit of glue um, in places. And the older the app, the more likely that is. Yeah, well, <laughs> not to speak ill of a third-party app, um, it, but and then you know, I think in the valley you have people who have worked at multiple different companies, and so oftentimes, if if you're lucky or if it's large enough, you know, you will have a coworker or a colleague or someone who who worked at another company, either on an app that that you love or or has some little dirty little secret. But you know, um, 
Instagram is is is, is one of, of of a few apps, maybe even many. That, that they do a really good job, I think, in general of accessibility. And and you know, you people hear me talk about it all the time. And the reality is, it is actually really hard to to do and maintain. And sometimes there are compromises that are really hard to do. But one of the things I've noticed that that some apps do is that. Uh, if you change the, the the size, the dynamic type size underneath the app, they will actually restart, <laughs> which it, which I kind of get because there are some super duper duper optimizations that they have to do, um, and recalculating everything on the fly may not be may not be possible. I mean, again, anything is possible, but you have to make a decision at some point. And and I don't you know I don't entirely disagree with the, with the decision that may, may, may they made, but it was interesting how in some of my testing you know you would you would uh, I make changes all the time, and I think we do a pretty good job that if you change the size of it, our app reacts right away and does the right thing. There are certain things that will reload, and, and maybe there are other finer ways of not having to reload the entire thing. But again, it's it's one of practical things for optimization purposes. A lot of times you you have to aggressively cache sizes and and do things. Um, and that changing the layout, that it just redoes everything. And so, you know, but I don't think restarting the app is is is, is a great user experience. In in many cases, it doesn't matter because in most cases, you know, this is a thing a thing with testing. Most people tend not to do those types of things, but you have to be prepared for them because a some people do, and b the process of doing that testing will probably uncover some other issues. So it's like. It's one of those things you have to really have a strong vision and strong partnership with it. But in, in the reason I bring that up specifically is because part of the testing flow in this case is, you know, run the app, go to a certain feature. Then if, if you're testing the dynamic type size, change the type size and see if it, it does it react properly. So you may have been through a testing round where you have gone and had your app then, you know, cause another app to be launched. And if that other app that you've caused to be launched has been sitting in the background, it comes to the foreground and realizes, oh, the dynamic size has changed. Let me restart. <laughs> it, it kind of, it interrupts the flow a little bit and, and there's there's really nothing we can do about it. Um, but I do have a colleague and I kind of gave him some stink eye about that. And he like, mm. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it's fun. I have to say, I've I've never worked on a really big iOS team. Uh, you know, I mean, I've worked on. A, I guess the largest team I've been on is about forty, um, and you know, for 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 an app. But you know, some of these are big iOS apps that you know, have like several hundred developers working on them. And I really do not know how you coordinate a team that big on a single iOS app. Which you know, let's face it, it's you know, it might be technically complex to do the certain things you're doing but actually overall how complex is an ios app full stop you know they're they're you know the 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 very format makes them i'm i'm, I'm not belittling you know i'm saying the individual things you're doing on the screens may be very difficult but you know how do you coordinate 200 people on an app that's really that small which is well, most ios apps so yeah it, it just doesn't i have you know, no idea it, it, it flabbergasts me yeah. now um you know uh, i was working where in a company that was using this is quite a popular concept, or it was a popular concept. I don't know if it still is. It's a few years ago now, so the world has moved on. You know, where you had um, project teams, where you know a team would be given a feature that the app would require, and basically your project team was responsible for delivering that feature across all platforms. So, you know, as the, I might be the iOS developer in a team, and there'd be an Android developer in the team, the web developer would be in the team, there'd be a designer in the team, there'd be a project manager in the team, and, and basically your job was to deliver that feature across the board for, for everything. By and, and the idea was by working together, there 
you could embrace all of the platform norms while making sure that the feature had continuity across all the platforms. Um, and to an extent, when working on uh, the actual feature, that worked really well. Uh, what what did tend to fall over was, um, you know, sometimes you just need some cleanup in the iOS code. Sometimes you need to make sure your Cocoa Pods are up to date. Sometimes you just need to work out what has to happen over the summer for to make the app work. And a little bit of that coordination, because there was no team specifically dedicated to that, everyone was on feature teams, coordinating how that work got done became quite, you know, quite difficult and um, sometimes quite tense between, you know, what you need wanted to do as an engineer, which I know this always happens often in delivery, what you wanted to do as an engineer and what you were expecting to be delivered by this product um, became quite, quite challenging. But yeah, I think in some of these big apps, getting any coordination going must be quite difficult and not not having things go out the door that are just out of line with each other. Yeah, that's a lot of people to work on one app. Yeah, I I, I, I think one way they seem to do it, I mean, and, and the, I was in a WWDC lab, I don't know how many years ago, but I there was there was a guy from Facebook and he, he, Facebook and, and he well, he was basically telling the guy at Apple's like, we have more iOS engineers than you do. And and he was and it was it was a kind of a weird thing to say because it's like it's it's on the one hand they're talking about the scale so I kind of get that because I'm sure the the Facebook app probably is most certainly used I don't know probably has similar volume in in terms of number active daily active users than than almost any even Apple third party app if you consider how often people use Facebook and and how many of there are of it. So it was kind of that one. But on the other hand, there was a certain arrogance. It's like, and because we, you know, uncover issues that you can't possibly see because of our scale. And, you know, we had to rewrite everything. I mean, they, they, they basically said the, the guy was, was arguing about, about how the fact that they had to rewrite a scroll view. And they were talking about the touch handling. Um, and, and so the, the, it just so happens, this was a grand thing, but the, it so happens that the, the Apple engineer he's working with, I think, had worked specifically on the touch handlers for the scroll viewer, the touch handlers in general. And he took the fleshy part of his palm, you know, at, which is kind of the area underneath the thumb and placed it on the screen in his thing and, and, and pointed out, it's like, there, it breaks. And, and, and the, and the, the guy from Facebook's and it was, it was fascinating to watch because it's, it's, they both were exposed to issues because of the scale and because of what they worked on that they probably couldn't understand. Um, but in general, you know, from what I've, everything I've understood about Facebook engineering is that they, you know, for the longest time kind of wrote their entire world. They did something with, what was it called? component kit and or async display kit and then they, they 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 did react for a while they had done a web app and they went to, to using you know native stuff so on so back and forth but yeah they, 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 i think part of the reason why they use you know uh write their own is 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 not only because they may come across issues that that apple can't fix for them in time or or they have other you know issues that they need to do with it but i think in the end, when it boils down, is that they've they've tried to de-skill some of the aspects of shipping an iOS app at that scale, and so then rather trying to to have everybody understand Apple's APIs, which are certainly an investment in time, they try and dumb it down to a point where they can get a bunch of of less experienced, you know, people fresh out of college, whatever, to to work on a specific thing, and you say all you have to do is program to this API. It's much simpler than anything, and 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 then go. 
And, you know, it's a tactic. It's not one I would want to enjoy working on, but it is definitely a tactic that large, large companies seem to employ. Yeah, I've never quite understood. I mean, I sort of get it. I mean, Facebook wrote their own version of PHP, didn't they, for their, for, to write their website in? Um, I believe it's right. But, I mean, that I sort of get because now you're dealing with, you know, a central server and all that scale. But, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how, unless they're trying to reduce... On an iOS app, yes, it might be used by billions of users, but at any one time it's being used by one. Right. <laughs> um, the great. clients. Now, the the back end, the back end is obviously being hit. Now, if there's something about you know, Apple's networking APIs or something that, that are very inefficient in the way they hit back ends in, in whatever else, then maybe rewriting those I get. But, you know, I'm not quite sure. You know, I, I would suspect the reason, and I'm totally speculating here, you know, reason Facebook has to rewrite at the front end to make things faster is because they're delivering data in a really obscure and shit form as opposed to, yeah, that's not designed for it. Yeah, because it's, uh, yeah, the whole scale thing doesn't seem to make sense. But anyway, we're not here to slack off Facebook, Instagram, and anyone else. We're here just to have, um, you know, a nice time. Oh, we're here to slack off Gale. Yeah. Um, other than that. <laughs> I, I, I don't see it as, as slacking off. I really don't. It's, I think what I, what I was trying to communicate is that there are certain things that, you know, it's very easy to look at, at large, let's say, you know, name brand companies and, and say they're stupid. I mean, like how, you know, you, you, you when all these hot apps that came out and, and, and do you remember what was the thing with app? It was like a, the daily or something like that. Wasn't there some great big news app that came out and then people were like, oh, I could rewrite it in three lines of code and like, you know, and, and, and. <laughs> It's very easy for people from outside to say, yeah, this is a real simple thing to do, and they're really unaware of some of the, the, the constraints brought about by scale or, or other realities that you, know, you just don't know. And I think it was, it was something that, that Buzz Anderson um, uh, once said, and he's somebody who worked at Apple uh, you know, on a number of different teams, and he said publicly, you know, at, I can't remember where, on Twitter at a conference, is like going, you know, the reality is, is that, you know, you look at these products, you look at these teams, and, you know, the people who work on it are just normal people like you and me. You know, they're they're capable of doing amazing things and capable of making mistakes in every range of, of human, you know, humanness. And, and it's very easy to lose sight of that. We have to remember as well, I mean, going back to the Daily, I think the Daily was released around, it was an, an iPad app, wasn't it? And I think it was released for the iPad 1, which was yeah. a single-threaded, uh, single-core um, device. So obviously it had some issues there. Um, and it was back in the day when APIs were not designed for mobile use. Yep. Um, you know, they were designed for ba- basically servers calling each other on the whole. Um, uh, because you know, I remember working on an app for uh, you know, based around um, a, a major American sport, and you know, to get the data onto the screen for for one thing, it, re- it required twelve API calls in order to get the right data. Now. You know, and this was because it was designed to work. The, you know, the API that we were using had been designed to work against, um, you know, a local server backend that could make these twelve calls very quickly, merge the data, and then, you know, present a web page or whatever. But now, you know, twelve calls coming from, you know, what would have been at the time like an iPhone three or something. You know, th- this thing was horrendously slow. So, a lot of the times there, this because, you know, we were working in, you know with things that weren't designed for mobile, whereas now anyone, when they design an API, I mean, you know, looking at mobile first um, in in a way, and everything's designed, and this is where, um, oh, my brain's gone blank. What is the thing where you can define a schema and then define your query and only get the data that you you want? GraphQL. Um, 
Yes, GraphQL is there. So I mean, now we we understand these problems now, and we're dealing with, you know, we're dealing with phones that are faster than you know faster than a lot of computers we had just a couple of years ago. So you know, I think back then, uh, you know, there was a reason things were slow, and it was because we had got up. Whereas whereas now. You know, I'd say now if something's slow, it probably is more down to bad programming. Whereas back then, uh, even though we slagged, they got things got slagged off. Um, then uh, it's uh, possibly more down to um, the environment of physics. Than what was going on. Yeah. However, with that, with the daily, I think the daily was one of those apps that had about ninety-seven thousand people work on it during its life, and that never helps anything. Yep. Ah, yeah. Well, Scotty. Otherwise, so... go ahead. No, I was going to say, now we've talked about products that have really big teams. Should we talk about a product that has a tiny team called Moneywell? Yes, I want to hear about the tiny team app. Yes, the tiny team app. Uh, I'm dealing with migrations. Love migrations. Uh, so uh, the current version of Moneywell allows you to attach uh, documents to transactions, as is very you know, common in any financial application. Now, remember, Moneywell used to sync, but it didn't sync anything. attachments. It only... Whatever. So we obviously don't think that's a a wise um, thing. We would like you know you should be able to see the attachment on whichever device you're on. So of course the whole infrastructure at the moment for attachments is they're not actually in the database because you know for many years we were told not to keep binary data inside a particularly a core data database for different reasons. So you know redesigning the way attachments work within within Moneywell. But of course you've then got the issue that. Um, if someone moves from Moneywell 3 to the next version of Moneywell and none of their attachments are in the database, you have to now get them into the database. Um, and we're following all the right rules for putting in the database. It's, you know, there's a table with just the binary data in. So if you do queries, the only time you're ever going to read this data is when you actually need to get the, the physical data to, to look at the attachment in some form. You'll never going to have to and it will be cached it will only come out of the database once and be written to a temporary folder so any other looks at it will not have to do it again so we're doing all the efficiency stuff so <clears throat> don't <clears throat> don't send me emails about how you shouldn't store binary data in databases i know all those and you know we're dealing with it in the right way i think the right way anyway but of course we've now got to deal with getting it all in when people open it up and of course you know between moneywell 3 and moneywell 2 uh, there was a um uh uh uh, a name change so uh, you know, but the current code has lots of if statements in saying well if you can't find it where Moneywell 3 stored it maybe go and have a look where Moneywell 2 stored it because it could have been added during Moneywell 2's time and then in Moneywell 1 they were in a different place <laughs> so um, I'm having this this joy at the moment of, uh, uh, of um, you know, just trying to, to bring all these attachments in and then make them sync properly and whatever else and it's just like uh, it, it just you know, and none of this is particularly difficult. Um, uh, it's just a little fiddly and making sure you don't break it. But because of the number of places and ways it's been done, you know, what scenarios are there? Are there going to be people with documents in all three places? How you know, should do it down? And it was just reminding me that, you know, um, although things sometimes feel like a good idea at one point, um, maybe they're not in the future. Uh, and, you know, just the way I'm trying to be very careful in the way we design this is like, you know, we don't have to design this again if we can help it, or we design it in a way that's very easy to transition. Uh, but it, it's joy, and I'm just thinking, well, you know, the time, the first time someone is going to see your, your new app and the way it's working, you know, the up the upgrade is, you know, when they first open it, and that's the very time when all these migrations are going to happen, and this is like a high-risk point where you could have lots of potential failures. 
so you know should we be is is do i really want the first thing that people see is uh sorry we've you know we've got all your data across but you know we couldn't bring all your attachments in and therefore you're a bit screwed you know manual user or should it be like uh well let's just flag this and and maybe say about it a little bit later or or you know not make it such a major thing because um uh right now if you move manual um document from one machine to another you lose all your attachments because they're not in the database so they don't come with it so i'm sure lots of people have lost them already so just how do you know there are going to be problems and i don't want people's first experience to be we're telling them they've got problems but equally i don't want to hide the fact for them that they have problems so how you know trying to think through how do i sort of give this the importance that it has while actually still making that first launch of the new version experience seem good and pleasurable as opposed to oh bugger we've got to sort this out before i can get move on with it um and uh but equally you don't want to be too far away from the event of the first migration when you ask people to deal with it because the further you get from an event the harder it is to resolve and sort out so um yeah so it's uh and then how do you present that in the ui what's the best way of doing it um do we limit the certain types because before no one cared about what the types were because we never displayed them but now we might be so yeah so it's just again it's just an interesting an interesting challenge that i'm going through uh, of working things out uh, based on that so um i will let you know i've literally started this in the last day or two so hopefully um i'll remind you to ask me how are attachments going and what did i decide and i'll probably say I still don't know. <laughs> I'm going to put a pin in that because I'm going to ask you. It reminds me of one last thing before um, we have to let you turn to a pumpkin because I experienced something with a swift linter today um, or actually whatever, two days ago. Something called, was it cyclomatic complexity, which is a way of saying, are there too many switch statements, too many if statements in, in, in a particular method? Um, and I had to add one more. And and that one more was the switch statement, you know, the straw that broke the the the, the Lexing camel's back. Um, and I don't know whether you've dealt with this. And it, it, you know, when I ask my colleagues, I'm saying, here's the, the issue that I have, and it, it comes around with this. You know, Swift because of its type safety, you you often have code like if let something. So in other words, can I turn this? this can, can I obtain this? This this bit of data in the, the 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 class that I want it to be, you know, is there an NS number that can be turned into it, which means that it's not nil and you actually got an NS number class. So all that stuff is, is so much better than the objective C where you ask something and it, who knows what class it will be. It's like, because it's free to change. So I get that. That's really good. But in this particular case, yes, I did get some data back from the server and yes, it was, you know, turned into an NS number. That's great. But then, you know, the NS number's value actually was zero and that's where it was and it was purposeful for that. But then you send that, you pass that to a date formatter and it says, okay, well, you got zero and, and then you end up with a, with a value that does just looks absurd when you're talking about the duration of something that's, you know, typically not zero. And it was zero for a very good reason. Um, and so anyway, I had to, you know, after the if let statement, then I had one more test where I had to say, well, if the, the, the int value of that and you really can't combine those on two lines list that that uh, that I'm aware of. I mean, you can you can ask for multiple values, you know, that you need. So you can do if let and then comma and another let and another let. So you can basically, if if all of these conditions are true, you've got all these data as these particular classes, then you can proceed. But I, I didn't know of a way of doing it, so I had one more if statement below there, and that was the one that broke it. 
And then I asked my colleagues to say, is there another way of doing it? And then it just like started off this like, well, not really. So, you know, some people will say, well, then, yes, the method is too complex. Break it into multiple methods. Like, I, no, I don't buy that. I don't I don't think that makes it more legible. And, and other people strongly agree. It's like, you know, for this particular case, just locally disable it. And then people are saying, why do we have this in the first place? Do we not trust ourselves not to make things too complicated? It just it was like one of those things where you as an individual, individual developer working in something, you get this problem, you ask your colleagues, and then all of a sudden it starts, you know, 10 minutes of, of you know, floral discussion on Swift. And in the end, you just, <laughs> and so then in the end, it's like, okay, well, I'll leave the, the lint disable thing as I had already done because that in the end was the pragmatic and best answer. But, you know, the, the, these situations do occur. Well, well, let me tell let me tell you how you solve that one, John, uh, assuming you're using Swift lint. Yes. Um, is you go into your .swiftlint file and you up the cyclic complexity parameter one. to one more than you need. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see, I really... and, then, and then you let and then you let someone else deal with it well, because no, you, it... you assume you assume that nothing else is breaking it because it's the only warning you have. So if you up it by one, you make your one warning go away, and the next time anyone needs to care is when they go up by one more. Yes, I know, and 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 I think it needs to be taken to the absurdity level. Somebody needs to write an Xcode plugin that determines that you've gotten that situation, and then it will go pull your Swiftlint file change it and so it just happens automatically and eventually you'll end up with like a, a complexity level of twelve thousand. everybody's like saying wow we have the most easy code with the lowest cyclomatic complexity yes there we are right. just uh just keep chat i think because i think it's my favorite one is i think the default in swiftlin is it doesn't like lines of more than 160 characters yeah but yeah. at the same time if you're using descriptive variable names you know, that, that's pretty easy to break. So one of the first things, you know, I try and leave most things in SwiftLint at it, their it, 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 it default, but uh, quite a few of them. I'm just going to take a quick look at my SwiftLint file now and see see which ones I've changed. Yeah, I, I put lots of excluded names in the uh, identifiers. So I uh, normally set a minimum identifier length of three, but then add a whole bunch of, um, you know, exclusions, things like ID. Mm-hmm. Uh, line length, oh, no, I've left line length at 160. Yeah, but um, there we are. It's um, oh, well, I'd go and disable the trailing white space warning. The trailing white space warning just drives me mad. Mm-hmm. But there we go. There well, we go. there we have. Right. All right. We should probably, with that, have uh, end this show with a trailing white space. So, um, John, where should people send you a trailing white space? Uh, well, they should do it on Twitter, which is <laughs> I can't. It's like yes, this is nothing but trailing white space in a world that's changed its power structures, hopefully for the better. Where you'll find me as Jembe. That's D J E M B E. Like the West African drum, and Scotty, if people want to trail off into your white space, where may they do it? Yeah, if you want to throw insults at me um, and my abilities, then please feel free. Um, uh, Gayorg's got my details; they let you have them. Um, or you can just <laughs> insult by just proxy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> send it to him. I mean, he'll he'll surely he'll post them on your behalf. But no, I am I am Mac Devnet. Well, sir, it's been uh, it's been fun as always, uh, passing the the time of day. And as I've been saying here, the sun is even brighter than it was before. Well, so um, I will take full credit I will put for a, that. I will, I will put a picture in the show notes so you can uh, see that I was uh, genuinely sat in beautiful sunshine during uh, during this conversation. All right, Scotty. Right, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Uh, I hope uh, it, uh, you've been genuinely 
sort of not too bored with the show if it's been your turn on the listening list and uh, thanks for listening and until next time you take care Thank you.